Good morning. We're reading from 2 Corinthians 5:14 through 21. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Thank you, Connie. Is this working? Can you hear me? All right. <laughs> you know, we all respond to a good recommendation. We all respond well to a good recommendation. We live in a world that's just flooded with marketing. So much so that we, we've started to ignore it. We, you know, we ignore all the marketing that's foisted upon us by our TVs and our radios and our magazines, all the stuff that's popping up on our social media and our websites and our news outlets. We're, we're more and more likely to be suspicious of those things now. We, we turn skeptical ears to it and often just ignore it completely. But friends, recommendations, a personal recommendation, is a powerful influence on us. You know, websites and apps like TripAdvisor or Yelp or Foursquare or Google or Facebook, they offer an opportunity for people to give a personal recommendation for a restaurant or a business or lodging. And those personal recommendations are powerful. They're so powerful that you might have heard in the news about a year ago, TripAdvisor, the, the uh, website that gives advice on restaurants and lodging and other events, was actually in the midst of a scandal. They were being accused that their site was flooded with fake reviews that businesses had paid people to write so that there were favorable reviews. Because the businesses knew that the reviews were big money because personal recommendations are powerful. Personal recommendations drive more customers their way. But friends, even more than a recommendation that we might read on a site like TripAdvisor or Yelp, is the personal recommendation that we might get from somebody that we know and that we trust. You know, according to Nielsen's 2015 Global Trust in Advertising report, 83% of respondents concluded that they are more convinced by a recommendation made by someone they know than over traditional advertising. 83% said that they trust more a personal recommendation given to them by someone that they know than a flashy business material or, or, or a great website or, or an active social media presence. I mean, all those things have their place. But more powerful than any one of those is a recommendation of a friend. You know, this is known by businesses, so now businesses are exploiting this. 
You might have heard that businesses now are turning to brand ambassadors. They're actually hiring people to be the face of their brand. Someone who will proudly and boldly and publicly use their product and encourage people to do their same. In the early 2010s, Google was hiring student ambassadors on campuses and colleges around the country, and they paid these students, they gave them all kinds of t-shirts and you know, water bottles and other swag that they handed out to friends and they talked about how they liked Google and they used Google and how they too could use Google. Apple's done the same thing, hiring brand ambassadors to publicly use and promote their iPads and their iPhones and their computers. You know, today there's a whole class of people, professionally, they're known as influencers. Influencers. These are people who use their social media notoriety to make recommendations to other people. And they're paid and hired by companies. Use your popularity and your notoriety to promote to everyone who follows you on social media our product. Take pictures of yourself using our product. Talk about using our product so that they will take your recommendation and do the same thing. Friends, this is the power of the personal recommendation. And the power of the personal recommendation has really been, it's been harnessed by these MLMs, the multi-level marketing that we see today. You know, they're often called, in fact, referral marketing because they don't have employees. Their workforce are non-salaried representatives who are encouraged to sell their products and their services and recruit more. You know, one of the oldest types of multi-level marketing is Tupperware. Tupperware. You know, Tupperware, there it is. Tupperware was invented by inventor Earl Tupper in 1938. And the problem was, when he first invented Tupperware and they sold it in stores, you know what? It was a flop. No one was buying it. They couldn't understand, of all things, they couldn't understand the lid. And they thought it was kind of strange and unusual and it was new. But in 1948, Tupper noticed that his inventory was selling. It wasn't selling from department stores. You know where it was selling? There was a company called Stanley Home Products, and they did direct sales. People were trying this novel new concept. They would have parties where they would demonstrate various products to their friends, to a willing audience, and the Tupperware party was born. And still today, Tupperware is a household name. And while you might think Tupperware parties are no more, friends, they are actually still the main vehicle for selling Tupperware today. And across the globe, a Tupperware party is held every 1.4 seconds. All of it is because of the power of personal recommendations. You know, today referral marketing has come to dominate our social media feeds. If you're on social media, you have a friend on Facebook or Instagram who's selling Plexus or Herbalife or essential oils from doTERRA or leggings from Lou LaRoe. It is Lou LaRoe, not Lou LaRue. So for those of you who think I'm mispronouncing it. Or makeup from Avon, Mary Kay or Rodan and Fields. None of those businesses see Mary Kay. <laughs> And you see, many of those businesses have ambassadors. You know, their associates are often called ambassadors because they are the face of the brand. They represent and they recommend their products to others and they invite them to buy along with them because of the power of the personal recommendation. 
You know, we're most likely to believe the claims of a product not because of a slick and a glossy ad or a fancy website created by some marketer or even when we hear a testimonial from someone we don't know. We're most likely to believe it and buy it when we see the difference the product makes in the life of someone we know, aren't we? When we see the difference that a product makes in the life of someone we know, we come to believe the truth and the effectiveness of that product. You know, we believe that the product, if it can change their life and we see their life change, then we think, hey, maybe, maybe that can change my life too. You know, the product claims to bring joy or help or prosperity. And when we see things and change in the life of the ambassador, we become convinced one way or another. Friends, it's all about the power of the personal recommendation. And friends, as Connie read for us in today's scripture, we are called to be ambassadors. Not ambassadors of a product, but ambassadors of a person. Ambassadors of Christ. And as we're talking about the commitments that we make together as a church family, as we're talking about our church covenant and some of the clarifications and the revisions that we're making and going to be bringing to the December business meeting, the fourth commitment that we're talking about making together is this commitment, the commitment to encourage one another to stand as ambassadors for Christ. It's what the Apostle Paul was writing about in this passage. What we find today is Paul's most comprehensive description of his own motivation and his ministry. We find a description of Paul's motivation and his ministry. First, his motivation in verse 14, as Connie read for us, Verse 14 says that his motivation is love. He says that the love of Christ controls us. The love of Christ controls us. It motivates us. It motivates us to be ambassadors. And church, let's note here, again, that this is not law. This is grace. This is not law. It's grace. Paul doesn't say, I work to earn God's love. He says, I've received God's love And that love is what compels me. Christ's love comes first. Paul says, my life, my ministry, it's all a response. It is a response to the love that Christ has shown me. The love of Christ controls. It compels me. I've been captured by the love of Christ. And friends, that love now compels me to capture others with the same love that captured me. Because church, if we have truly encountered the love of Christ, we will be changed. No one comes face to face with love and leaves unscathed. To come face to face and be touched by the love of Christ, it captures and it controls us. It overwhelms us and it fills us. That love leads us to live a life of love in response. And Paul talks about that new way of life that the love of Christ produces in verse 15. He says, Christ died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for Him who for their sake died and was raised. We're reminded, friends, by Christ's death, the penalty of sin has been paid for for those who trust Him. Their old life has died. It's ended. The penalty and power of sin have now been broken for those who are in Christ. And having now died to the old life, we live. We live no longer for ourselves, no longer in our sin, but we live for the One who loved us and who died for us. 
Friends, to receive the love of Christ, the gift of salvation that came by His death on the cross and His resurrection from the dead, to receive that love, to receive that gift, it changes us. The old is gone. And the new has come. The old dies. The power and penalty of sin broken, gone. And new life begins. And that new life is one animated by love. A response of love to the one who loved us so much. New life motivated, compelled, controlled by the love of Christ. The love of Christ changes us. And Paul says in verse 16 that the love of Christ caused him to see the whole world differently. It caused him to see Christ differently. It causes him to look on others differently. Why? Because according to verse 17, the love of Christ is changing not just Paul's perspective. The love of Christ is actually changing the world. The love of Christ doesn't just change you and me. It's going to change all things. Verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And church, this verse, this verse right here is the gospel. This is the good news. In Christ, we are made a new creation. The old life, the penalty and the power of sin is death is dead and the new life in Christ has come. Christ has come to make us and one day to make all things brand new. This is the gospel. This is the compelling love of God. It's a love that remakes us and a love that motivates us. For the love of God removes sin's penalty and power and it reconciles us to God the Father. Verse 18, all of this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to Himself. Verse 19, in Christ God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Verse 21, for our sake God made Christ to be sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. This is the Gospel. This is the good news. Christ, the, in Christ, the old is forgiven and it's gone so that the new might come. The sins that once separated us from God, that held us away from Him, the penalty for them has been paid. Their power has been broken. They have been removed that nothing might stand between us and God, but we might be reconciled to Him, brought near and into relationship. This is the Gospel. And friends, if you've never received this good news as your own, if you're here today or you're tuned in with us online and you have never responded to the Gospel, to the good news of reconciliation that has come through Jesus Christ, then friends, I or one of the other leaders that you've seen up front this morning would love to talk to you and pray with you after this service. We would love nothing more than for you to personally know the reconciling love of God that has come to us in Jesus Christ. That we who are separated might be brought to Him, reconciled. That we who are far away might draw near. In fact, as Paul says in verse 20, God is making His appeal through us through me. And I implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And I pray you would be. So Paul writes of his motivation and his ministry. We see his motivation is the love of Christ that has transformed him and that is transforming all things. But now he writes about the ministry of Christ. A ministry, as we just said, is of reconciliation and renewal. 
Three times we hear Paul say that we, the reconciled people of God, now have been given the ministry of reconciliation. We have been reconciled in order to reconcile. We have been redeemed in order to redeem. We have been loved in order to love. Verse 18, He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, Entrusting to us the the message of reconciliation. Verse 20, God making His appeal through us be reconciled to God. Friends, we, His redeemed, reconciled, loved people, are now given the ministry of reconciliation. And so we call in verse 20, as ambassadors for Christ, God's making His appeal through us. Be reconciled to God. We are ambassadors of Christ. The power of the personal Appeal. Be reconciled to God. And maybe you've noticed in all the multi-level marketing businesses out there today uh, that an ambassador for the brand is him or herself the marketing of the brand. The ambassador of the brand is really the marketing. If you're selling Mary Kay or Avon, your your makeup's always beautiful and people say, I wish my makeup looked that good. And you say, your makeup can look this good. Let me show you how. You see, your life is lived as proof of the product. If you're selling Plexus, you post before and after pictures of your weight loss and you tell stories of your increased energy and vitality and you too can lose weight and be healthier and your life is offered as the proof of the product. If you're selling LuLaRoe leggings, you wear LuLaRoe leggings all the time and you share pictures of yourself doing fun things wearing leggings. You don't want to see me wearing leggings. But... Those who sell them show pictures of themselves doing fun things, wearing the leggings. And you talk about how comfortable and how versatile they are. And people say, you look so fashionable and so comfortable and so happy. And hey, you can too. Let me tell you how. Your life is offered as proof of the product. Friends, the ambassador for a brand is him or herself the marketing of the brand. He or she is proof of the product, of its efficacy, of its transformative power. Look at my life. I've gone first. I've used the product. It's changed my life. You should try it too. It's the power of the personal appeal. And in fact, the Greek word that's translated here as ambassador comes from a root word meaning to be older or prior by birth. In other words, I'm older than you are in using this product. I've used it longer. I started using it prior to you, and you can see the difference that it's made in my life. And I testify to you the difference it's made. So I implore you on behalf of this product, try it. It's the power of the personal appeal. And church, Paul says here that we are ambassadors of Christ. We are to live our lives before the watching world as living proof of the product. You know, Christian music group for King and Country sings this song that's become popular on Christian radio today titled, The Proof of Your Love. They sing, Let my life be the proof, the proof of your love. Let my love look like you and what you're made of. How you lived, how you died, love is sacrifice. Let my life be the proof, the proof of your love. And that is our call as ambassadors of Christ. 
let my life be the proof of your reconciling love. This is the power of the personal appeal. We are ambassadors for, of Christ. God is making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. The love of Christ is our motivation and reconciliation with Christ is our ministry. We are ambassadors of Christ and His love. And church, how are we doing? How are you doing? The dictionary definition of to reconcile is to restore friendly relations between, to coexist in harmony or to make compatible. And so, as we think about that, that kind of reconciliation, we think about the table that we're going to be coming to in just a couple of moments. And as we come to this table of grace, there are good questions we might ask ourselves. Am I living as one reconciled to God? compelled and transformed by His love and His grace? Am I living before this world? Are we living before this world? As those reconciled to one another in harmony? Are we living in this world as ministers of reconciliation? God making His appeal through us, through His people, through His church be reconciled to God. As I consider am I reconciled to God we might consider King David prayed in Psalm 139 Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And church are there hidden sins hindering your walk with God? Actions out of step with Him thoughts not in harmony with Him. Attitudes incompatible with Him. Friends, the Gospel, the good news is what we sang earlier. Our sins, they are many, but His mercy is more. His reconciling love is greater than our sin. So friends, as we come and hear the invitation to the table, we remember His love. We feast upon His grace and we recommit ourselves to Him to be reconciled to Him. We wonder and we reflect, are we living before this world as those reconciled to one another? Because, friends, our reconciled relationships are the criteria by which the world is judging the truth of our product, the truth of our claim, the truth of the gospel. Jesus said in John 17, they will know that you are mine by the love that you have for one another. When this world sees people of different racial backgrounds, diverse socioeconomic strata, opposite sides of the political aisle, divergent opinions on masking, different persuasions on disputable theological issues, when the world sees that the love of Christ allows us to be reconciled to one another, allows us to live together even when we disagree on these secondary issues, isn't that testimony, proof of the power of the gospel. So as we feast together on His grace, as we come to this table, we recommit ourselves to one another, to protecting our unity, and we pray to Him, let Your reconciling love make us one before the eyes of this world. 
And finally, as we approach this table, let's ask, am I living in this world as a minister of reconciliation, as an ambassador of Christ, as proof of His love? Paul wrote in verse 20, God is making His appeal through us. Church, don't forget that. God is making His appeal to this world through you, through His church. And that's good news for us. You know why it's good news? Because it's not about my words or my wisdom or my cunning or my strength. God says, I'm making the appeal through you. You are to be a willing vessel for me to use. Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 10, he promised them, he said, you'll be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, don't be anxious how you're to speak or what you're to say. For you are to say what will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. God wants to make His appeal to your family, to your friends, to your co-workers, to the people at the store, to the people in the sports field, to the people that you know in the community. He wants to make His appeal to them through you. You and I must simply be faithful to go and to invite Him to use us, to live His reconciling love before the world and allow God to make our lives and our words the proof of His love. Church, we cannot make ourselves ambassadors. It is God who makes us His ambassadors. And so as we come again together to this table, let us, church, recommit ourselves to the ministry of reconciliation. Let us commit ourselves to Him and to His glory. Let us feast together on His grace and ask that He might make us ambassadors of Christ and Christ's reconciling love. Church is about the power of the personal recommendation. And of whom will you and I be ambassadors? Let's pray together. Father, let our lives be the proof, the proof of your love, of your grace, of your truth, of your power. Proof that if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Make us ambassadors. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Friends, we come now to the table, to the table of grace, and I would invite the elders to come forward for the serving of communion. As we do, hear the words of 1 Corinthians 11. Starting in verse 23, the Apostle Paul wrote for us, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night when He was betrayed took bread, and when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also He took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Whether you're a member, a regular attender, or visiting with us today, if you have called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you know personally 
His reconciling, transforming love. If you know yourself to be in Christ, then we invite you to come to celebrate with us the table, to proclaim with us His grace, and to stand in celebration of what He has done. The elders would come forward. Let's pray together. Father, thank You for Your bread, for this body broken for us. Thank You for the cup Your blood poured out for us. And so, may we be broken and poured out as ambassadors of You to a watching world. Make us proof of Your love. In Christ's name we ask. Amen.